once upon a time in a kingdom far, far away, there was a beautiful princess. Everybody thought she was extraordinarily beautiful and they looked forward to her becoming their queen. She was the apple of her father and her mother's eyes. The only thing is that the princess was dyslexic. She wasn't able to read anything properly. And her mother and her father were very worried about this. They didn't, of course, in those days know the word dyslexic. The word hadn't been invented, but they knew that there was something wrong because they knew that other kings and queens' daughters and sons did eventually learn to read. And at this stage, the girl was about 11 years old. It wasn't too long before they would even consider that she was going to be married. And she said, well, look, you can't, we can't have our daughter going to her wedding unable to read. It, it, uh, it, it won't do. The mother and the father put their heads together and they decided that there was only one thing for it. They had to take their daughter to a therapist. Well, they didn't call them therapists in those days. They called them magicians. So they took her to the most reputable mu magician that they knew in their land. And this magician was honoured to be given the job of assessing the princess. It took a lot of care and attention. It went on over two days and the magician spent time watching the princess doing things and then the, the uh, magi mag magician gave the princess things to read and did everything that was known in those days to test out and try to find out why it was that the princess couldn't read at all, even the most simple sentences. And then the magician knew what it was. So the magician calls the king and queen in and says, well, I know what it is. It's not really great news, but there is hope. There is hope. Your daughter can actually be cured of this thing, which today, nowadays, we call dyslexia. So that's wonderful, said the queen, and that's fantastic, said the king. And the magician said, well, your daughter has two eyes. And what I discovered is that they're out of sync. They didn't use the word synchronization in those days, but that's what it really meant. The eyes are not working together, and consequently your daughter is not seeing the words properly, and consequently she's getting completely confused, and that's why the sounds are, are just not, she's not able to make the, say the words. And he said, look, there's only one thing for it, and that is you have to take out one of her eyes. Yes, if you take out one of her eyes, there won't be any confusion in her brain, and her mind will be at rest, and you'll be able to give her a piece of a book and whatever, and she'll be fine. And the king and queen were distraught utterly distraught. All they said at the time was, look, we'll, we'll think about it, because you have to be very respectful in those days, certainly to magicians, and you certainly don't want to, to anger them in any way because of the powers that they have. So they went home to the castle, and they cried their eyes out, and even the king cried, and they said, this is terrible, terrible. And they had a, a servant who came and brought them food, and the servant found them unable to eat food, and the servant stayed in the room, and suddenly the, the, the queen 
blurted out. We can't take her eye out. We cannot do that. That's just cruel. We cannot do that. And anyway, who will marry a princess with only one eye? And with that, the servant said, Excuse me. Excuse me, Your Majesty. Excuse me, Your Majesty. Excuse me, my... Anyway, the, the, the servant was barely able to speak. And the servant said, Have you had by any chance a second opinion? Leave us straight away, said the king. And when the servant had gone out of the room, he said, Look, yes, we should get a second opinion. The servant is right. I hate to say it, but we never thought of doing this. Let us go to the best music magician who's in the kingdom next door. And we, we'll, we'll pay the, the magician in the kingdom next door a, a, a lot of money if they keep quiet and don't reveal to anybody the difficulty that our daughter has. And the, the mother said, no, 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 we can't possibly do that. It'll leak out, and there's just no way that would be the end of her marriage prospects. We'll just have to go to our second best magician here. Anyway, this is a much younger magician, and maybe this magician will have greater powers, be more interested in getting it right. Anyway, I didn't like the look of that other magician. So that's what they did. They took their daughter, and again, this time it was actually three days that they took their daughter there. And at the end of the three days, this young magician, terrified out of their life that what was going to happen, she was absolutely terrified because she thought, well, look, if I tell the king and queen what's the matter, they're going to have my, my head for garters. So, um, the, anyway, they, uh, the, the magician finally had to face up to it, was called into the king and queen's chamber and asked for, you know, so what is the prognosis? What's the chance of doing something about this? And the, the terrified magician said, well, I think there's a chance that everything could be fixed. Everything could be fixed, he said. What I have found out is that the sounds that your daughter is making, is trying to make, are distracted by her teeth. She has teeth that are not in the ideal places for making proper sounds coming out. And when she puts her lip up against the teeth, it bends it so that she's not able to read, so she can't speak. And uh, I see uh, she's not able to read. How come she's, she's able to make sounds when... Because she said that she gets nervous when she's reading and this kind of nerve causes her, her tongue to vibrate. And, oh, you don't mean we have to get her tongue taken out? No, 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 said the magician. It's much, much easier. We just have to take out all her teeth. What? said the king. What? We can't take our daughter's teeth out. Anyway, they, they, they didn't say anything, really. They kept this very quiet to themselves, but the, the, the queen knew exactly what her husband wanted to say. So out went the, the magician, and the, the king and queen, distraught, didn't know what to do. But they, and they said, eventually, we cannot possibly... Our daughter will never get married if she has her teeth out. That went, eventually, to, to the black house where the yellow magician lived. Nobody dared to go to the yellow magician's house. 
and because this was a magician that had been made an outcast of all the, from all the other magicians. And they said to this magician, look, we haven't told anybody we're coming here to see you. Nobody else would come and see you, but we're, we're desperate. We need to know what is wrong with our daughter. She is, and they used some other phrase, I can't even remember what it really was, but basically they said she's dyslexic. What can we do? The uh, yellow uh, magician said, um, no problem. I've dealt with this kind of a thing before. It's usually been animals that have had this problem and I've cured many an owl of this difficulty and there were owl, plenty of owls around in the forest who weren't able to hoot properly and I was able to help them to recover. Leave her with me for half an hour. What? Half an hour? That's impossible, said the king and queen together. I'm a magician. I'm not a labourer. I, I will come back and tell you what's wrong with your daughter, although from what you've told me, I think I already know. So the king and queen went outside, and they were both terribly nervous, and a half an hour later, their daughter came out, their daughter went off down the corridor, and they went into the magician's room. And the magician said, this is a very special case. I've ruled out every single cause that it that might be causing her dyslexia and he said the problem is that your daughter has got too much imagination your daughter is imagining all sorts of things when she sees letters grouped into words and sees words grouped into sentences and her imagination is running riot over the shape of the letters and instead of seeing letters she sees trees she sees stones, she sees all sorts of things which are not what you would regard as letters and there is absolutely no way she can read because her imagination is too vivid. You just have to face the bullet, she will keep her teeth and she will keep everything you've been told about her, she'll keep both her eyes, but we have to destroy her imagination. Well, not totally destroy it, but we have to reduce its ability, we have to calm it down, and we have to stop her seeing all these wonderful sights that she sees in her imagination, and all these far-off lands that she travels to, and we have to make sure that when she does read books in future, that she's had her imagination out, because if she did start to read books and see what is out there in the world, I think it would be really, really difficult to communicate with her. And this could get worse and worse. And it might not just be, and he used some phrase that I don't know what he said, it, it might not be dyslexia that she has. She might have some other things wrong with her. And, you know, we have to... I mean, if she, if she didn't have all these things out, uh, she might get just more and more creative during her life and... You know, you can't possibly have a daughter who's going to be creative because as soon as the marriage would take place, she would be ruined. So we have to get rid of her imagination. So the yellow magician said, go away and think about it. Well, the, the, the parents had no idea what to do. They said, well, at least it's not her teeth. And the queen said, well, at least it's not her eye that has to come out. And anyway, said the king, 
look to his wife. He said, look, you haven't got much imagination anyway. So, you know, you, you haven't, hasn't caused you to have any trouble. And we've had a happy marriage without you having any imagination. And the Queen said, well, look, actually, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. You haven't got much imagination either. And neither of us. You know, you're, you're a completely unimaginative, uncreative king. And you just do what your father did before you. And, you know, so you that hasn't done you any trouble at all. So, yes, I think, well, the only thing is that I think we're both agreed that she'll become more like us and she will be able to read and then we'll, she'll have no difficulty getting a husband and because she has no imagination the only thing we need to do is to find her a husband who has no imagination and frankly among the possible candidates to marry her I can't think of any of them that do have any imagination so and then they they went back to the yellow magician and they said to the yellow magician look we've decided We've decided basically that we haven't got any imagination and it's been an accident of nature that she's got imagination. So how do we get how 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 do we get her imagine get rid of her imagination? Okay, said the mission. This now is a hard one. What you have to do to get rid of your daughter's imagination is that you two, because she's in some class of rebellion against the two of you. And the reason that she has imagination is that you don't have it. And, you know, she's in a little bit of rebellion around her age. And unless we nip this in the bud, um, she'll never, ever be able to read. I think for about the last five or six years, since she's been about three or four, she's probably known that you haven't got any imaginations. You know, so what you guys have to do is you have to become imaginative because there isn't any place that I could open up to cut out her imagination that, that wouldn't cause a lot of disfigurement. And I actually have, have to tell you that I've never taken uh, the roof off a, off a princess's head before. So I wouldn't actually know where to go even if I was able to take, um, if I was able to, anyway, he didn't. I can't remember the exact words he used, but he he knew what he was talking about. So the king and queen went away and they said to each other, we have to become imaginative. And they said, well, look, what is it we've been avoiding all our life? What is it that has stopped us becoming imaginative? And they, they went to sleep and they couldn't think and they spent the whole day, the following day, locked up in their royal apartment and the king cancelled all of his all of his the things that kings do during the day and the queen cancelled all her hunting trips and they they basically uh, didn't know what to do and the king didn't pick up chess pieces because he was addicted to playing chess um, with with other people uh, he had never won a chess match in his life but he still liked playing it and so what do they do? They went to sleep another night. And after three nights going to sleep and not knowing what to do, they'd hardly slept a wink. And finally, the king said to the queen, why are you not imaginative? Why do you think you're not imaginative? What is it that stops you being imaginative? What is it that stops you thinking that, you know, I'm a knight in shining armor and that, you know, I could sweep you away any minute now and take you 
to a land where you'd be totally happy. And the queen said, well, that's easy. I'm afraid you'd let me down. So I daren't think that kind of a thing. I'm afraid that of, in that sense, if you say that that's how you, you know, what stops me being imaginative, I think that's it. And they did a few more of these things, the two of them, and they discovered that the reason why, that the reason that they both thought that they, that they were not, at, had no imagination at all was because they were afraid of each other. So they decided that the only thing they could do was to put down the fear they had of each other and uh, open-minded and trusting of each other. They, they knew the theory. They talked this out. But it was, it was uh, easier said than done. Now, they had all the motivation. They just didn't have a clue how they could become less fearful of each other. So the king and the queen took off their clothes put on the same clothes as labourers do and they went out of the castle and nobody knew what they looked like and they went to see the village therapist. Now the village therapist was a, a psychotherapist. Now they didn't call her a psychotherapist at all. They didn't even call her a therapist but they called her by some name. I haven't a clue what the name was and if I did know it I'd probably forgotten it but I'm sure you can imagine what this uh, therapist was like because inside in the therapist's house was a big couch a huge couch big enough for two people so in went the king and in went the queen and they told the therapist I wish I could remember what, what word they used for therapist in those days but anyway whatever it was they, they, the therapist said to them okay guys lie down lie down on the sofa there and they lay down on the sofa beside each other and Therabus said, close your eyes. And Therabus closed all the windows of the room so that it was as black as pitch. There was no light whatsoever. And then the therapist said, stay there. Just stay there. Listen to each other, breathe. And with that, the therapist slipped out of the room, went off and, this is going to sound awful, had a cup of tea or whatever they used to drink in those days, or went off, had a big smile on their face, and left the two, king and queen, in the dark. King and queen hadn't a clue what was going on. After about three hours, after doing what they were told for three hours, they were dying to stop. They could barely stand the presence of each other but they had rather got used to it they knew what each other sounded like they knew what each other's presence was like and they had actually spent more time together in those three hours than they had in the whole of their married life in that darkness they fell asleep both of them when they fell asleep they each had a dream and in that dream they imagined something that they'd never seen before. They imagined a dragon. They imagined an elephant with two trunks. They imagined that they were on, well, the king imagined he was on a flying saucer. They didn't even have saucers in those days, but they did have other things that they put cups of tea on. So the king was able to sit there. 
the Queen on the other hand dreamt that she was a tractor driver they didn't have tractors in those days but you know the way dreams work entirely and otherly it was like a machine that she didn't even recognise she dreamt she was a tractor driver and then suddenly the tractor transformed into a lorry a huge big arctic and then finally the lorry transformed into a big brown bear and then the big brown bear opened up and out came the queen the king in the meanwhile also came out of something but when I first learned the story I never heard what the king came out of the queen came out of a brown bear I have a funny feeling but I can't be certain I'm remembering this right that the king came out of a hippopotamus and they didn't have hippopotamuses in those days the two of them woke up and they were in the best mood they had ever been in their life they had a smile all over their faces but neither of them could see each other they just felt so warm and the king started to say something he said I had and the queen said say nothing I had a and the king said say nothing and then the door opened back in came the therapist and the therapist said how are you Oh, I was in a faraway land. I was riding on a flying saucer. I came out of a bear. And the therapist clapped their hands, picked up a, a bottle of mead, poured it into two glasses, and he said, or she said, because they never found out whether the therapist was a man or a woman. And when they told me this story, I wasn't able to even guess handed them two big goblets and said, drink. And they drank. And the therapist said, now go back and tell your daughter stories. Tell her stories. Tell her about your dreams. Tell her about your dreams, the dreams that you have tonight. Talk to her about creatures that you've never seen. Talk to her about that. And you know, that's what they did. For the next three weeks, they put away the books totally put them away they sacked the tutor who had been failing to teach their daughter how to read and they literally talked sometimes it was gibberish the daughter didn't understand the daughter couldn't see the colors but everything was colorful everything was alive everything was like a flowing river in these dreams that they had had they had recovered something that they had squashed for years, the king and the queen. They recovered their dreams, and the yellow magician was right. After three weeks of listening to the imagination of her father and her mother, the princess reduced her dreaming. Her imagination calmed down, and she focused her attention on her mother and father, rather than on the faraway land that she used to live in, in all the time. And she paid attention, and she listened, and she watched her father reading whatever they called newspapers in those days. And she watched her mother reading philosophical novels, or whatever they used to call philosophical novels in those days. And slowly and surely, she looked over the shoulders of her mother. And she said to her mother, Read out loud to me, Mum. And her mother read 
I don't know, Tractatus or the equivalent of Wittgenstein, whatever it was back in those days, something very, very complicated, but which had long words and short words and all sorts of different sounds. And her daughter watched and paid attention. And the father read newspapers. And the father read jokes out of the newspaper. And her father read crossword clues out of the newspaper. And even her father read recipes that were published in whatever they had as newspapers. And the daughter started to say the sounds. And the daughter started to make sounds. And the daughter learned to read. The daughter learned to read and now she's queen and you know what she does in her spare time? She writes children's stories.